Welcome to the Very Pink Knits podcast, the companion podcast to the Very Pink Knits YouTube channel. I'm Stacy, and I'm here with Casey. Hi there. Casey is a media manager here at Very Pink, and she's also producing this show. If you'd like to get your knitting question on the show, just email it to podcast at verypink.com, and please tell us where you're from. And if you're enjoying the ad-free show, please consider supporting it. You can look in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash verypinknits for more information. Um... Casey, I forgot to tell you, I got a new chair. It doesn't squeak anymore. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I didn't after, well, you didn't notice the sound wasn't there anymore. But like after every episode, you were like, your chair squeaks. Your chair. <laughs> I didn't know if you were editing that out. But look at me, I can wiggle and nothing happens. <laughs> right. um, and our, uh, our yarn patron is Turtle Pearl, their self-striping sock yarns. And if you look in the show notes, we have a coupon code. Um, are you knitting with any Turtle Pearl right now, Casey? I'm still working on my Prince socks. I just, oh, I've just i been are. rotating through multiple projects and I've put those kind of to the side and have been working on a sweater that I was, I don't know if I've talked about, but um, I've been working on that lately. Okay, well, I just started my Octopus's Garden socks, and I love the colors even more in person than I did in on the website or in the Hank. I these are my colors because I I think my favorite colors are jewel tone, and these are mm. all like really crazy mm -hmm. jewel tone with a little bit of not jewel tone peach in there. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not the greatest at describing things like this, but I'm I'm loving it. So anyone who wants to um, uh, get some octopuses garden socks going. There is a coupon code in the show notes and I'm, I'll make sure that's there. Anyway, we have to talk about like how we've like only been here two weeks out of the last month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess that's true. I forgot that we had a time off for the um, 4th of July. We had that and, and then we had one week back and then we were mysteriously gone again, unless you're on Patreon because I let the patrons know. But um this week I'm fine, but last week I was not well. I had a COVID scare. I am mm -hmm. masked and vaxxed. I wonder if those words come out clearly because they sound kind of jumbled. Masked, <laughs> masked. and vaxxed. <laughs> I have a vaccination and I still wear a mask. But I did get sick, um, not this mm -hmm. last weekend, but the weekend before with fever and not feeling well. And so I got a COVID test. It came back negative. But... Um, it, we didn't record the podcast last week just because it would have been really hard for me to be cheerful on the <laughs> microphone when I just had this headache that would not stop. Even when I started feeling better, the headache would not stop. So Yuck. we just skipped last week to wait for me to get better. And now here we are. Yes. Hopefully, hopefully we'll keep putting out episodes until like a Christmas break. Right? That's, <laughs> Maybe Thanksgiving. Time. Oh, right, right. Thanksgiving. Maybe Thanksgiving. Right. Um, but I'm healthy and uh, I don't know what I had or if it even maybe was COVID, but my my tolerance for risk is at an all-time low. I yeah. do not want, after a year and a half of not even catching the sniffles, I don't want to get sick anymore. I don't want to yeah. get, I don't, I don't want the stress of it. I don't want worrying about COVID. I don't want to feel like that anymore. I mean, allergies are, are enough, right? Right. <laughs> Dealing with those. Living in Austin, you know, <laughs> yeah. battling that war. That's enough. So I don't want the stress of getting sick anymore. And I know, uh, you know, 
I will maybe relax a little bit and not be so uptight about it, but that's where I'm right now. And that's why we that's why we missed last week. So thank you all for your patience and yeah. coming back to find us this week. And um, I think that's, I, I wanted to explain why we weren't here last week. I think that's it. Is there anything else we need to say before? Um, I can't think of anything. Because we have all kinds of follow-ups. I know. The follow-up like follow from... episode. <laughs> Not entirely, but um, they're good follow-ups. So uh, should yeah. we start magically following things up? Sure. We <laughs> okay. can do that. Um, so this is a follow-up to the beaded wedding shawl question. Um, you wrote to your friend Jill. Jill is um, Jill Wiseman Designs. She's uh-huh. She has a YouTube channel um, for bead weaving and she also sells beads. I mean, she's kind of the bead lady. I'll definitely put all the links in the show notes. Right. And so just to remind people who may have forgotten, uh, she wanted to knit a shawl for her wedding, but she didn't want it to be massively heavy. Right. And so you were asking Jill what kind of bead would be ideal for this. Um, and so should she keep the bead count low or use, you know, not trying to avoid using plastic beads on her wedding shawl? So. Right. So Jill's response was, do you know what the weight of yarn she's using? She oh, will I, want- wait, I want to mention oh. one more thing. Jill's a knitter. Oh, okay. Jill's a knitter too. So this so is, she- yeah, she gets it. Okay. I'm okay. sorry. Keep going. So she says she will want to use the smallest size bead that will work on her yarn, size 11 if possible, meaning the beads are size 11, right? Right. And if she uses a hex cut bead that will have one to three facets on it, um, that will be even less glass weight and much more sparkle to catch the eye. But the size of the bead will be the biggest factor. Glass is glass is glass, so there's not another real option to lighten the weight other than, as you said, to use fewer beads. This reminds me that I thought I bought beads for a fabulous shawl. I saw it at a fiber show like six years ago now. I need to pull that project out and actually do it. It was heavily beaded, and yes, the shawl had weight to it, but it was surprisingly comfortable weight, a, a surprisingly comfortable weight, like a hug. And thanks goodness, no plastic. So that was her response. And then you wrote to her, um, you had two more questions. Do you sell these size 11 beads that can be used in knitting? And second, can you recommend a beginner project for knitters that might want to give bead weaving a try? Um, So she says, yes, she carries the size 11 seed beads um, and eight and six, which are also sometimes used in knitting. And a great beginner bead weaving project is her Festival of Lights bracelet. Um, and she's has, she has a video on YouTube that we will link to. And there's a free download, downloadable written pattern. Yeah. And the Festival of Lights bracelet is, it's, it's, I think it's a bangle. And it's just really pretty. And it, I think it is maybe her most popular project. And the fact that it's a free pattern is nice. But we'll link to that in the show notes. It is very nice of Jill to help us out with the... <laughs> With the beading questions. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, and then we had a shorty sock follow-up. We were talking about, um, do you have to adjust a pattern uh, to make like a shorty no-show sock? Right. And so it's uh, Risa from Southern Maryland wrote in and said, I just listened to the podcast episode 192 where you talk about great fitting shorty sock patterns. I've had a wonderful success with your sling heel, sling heel. That's always hard for me to say. Sling heel socks, knitting them shorty height. No extra shaping or anything required. I use them frequently in my sneakers, walking for miles at a time, and they do not bunch down into my shoe. 
Just wanted you and Casey to be aware, and thanks for creating fantastic patterns and tutorials. That is great. I I had no idea that the sling heel, um, my own design, <laughs> was <laughs> was good for shorty socks. So I'm going to test that out. I'm actually thinking I haven't gotten to the heel in the octopus's garden socks that I'm knitting now. I'm thinking of doing a sling heel and keeping them short, and I will yeah. actually have enough yarn um, to make a second pair if I yeah. if I want. Yeah, I love that way that fits. I remember. I have one, I've knit that once. And it just, I don't know, it, it must be something in the way the sling heel, it kind of like hugs your heel it does. in a different way. Because so. it goes, <clears throat> like a lot of patterns, um, the sh- the the sharp shaping of the heel, which is like t- just a weird thing to put clothes on, right? Like a foot is just such a weird thing to make clothes for. <laughs> but the sharp shaping of the heel really only exists on half of the stitches. And the yeah. sling heel, I've incorporated all of the stitches for a very gradual turn, but the whole so- the whole sock turns, right? It's not just a little blip at the heel, which is what a mm-hmm. lot of sock shaping's like. So it kind of makes sense, but I am going to give it a try. And I'll also, um, because I can make two pair out of um, this sock yarn, uh, the same Octopus's Garden sock yarn, um, I will try try it with different length cuffs to see mm-hmm. exactly how how it fits with either of those. But yeah, I'm excited to try it. That was that was good news. You don't I didn't design those to be shorty. That was just <laughs> a cool thing to learn. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um all right. Um hi you two. Uh this one's a Patreon question. That's also a follow-up. Another follow-up. <laughs> I am a mirror knitter. I'm left-handed and self-taught. Recently, I knit a sweater with a yoke shaping uh, using lift one increase, um, slip the stitch, and knit into the lower left leg. But the way I dealt with these increases is that I followed the directions just as written, but I knit into the right leg of the stitch. Whenever a pattern calls for slipping stitches on the right needle, I slip it on the left needle. I hope this isn't too confusing, but we lefties have to adjust to a right-handed world. It looks like I neglected to put um, this person's yeah. name. I'm sorry, Mirror Knitter. We just have to call this person <laughs> Mirror Knitter. I'm sorry I didn't get your name in there. <laughs> oh, well, hopefully they'll hear the answer. Um, yeah. Read it on the show. Okay. All right. Um, this is a new question. Um, hi, you two. I bought what I thought was self-striping yarn for socks. I've just finished the cuff done with a tubular cast on, and the cuff is not pretty stripes, but something that looks like pink, yellow, blue, green dog vomit. <laughs> that's not attractive. <laughs> I don't even know why you would have pink, yellow, blue, green dog vomit, but that's another question. <laughs> now that I've started the leg, it is looking stripier and better, but the cuff is horrible. Can you tell me why this happened? Love your show, Julie from Denver, Colorado. <laughs> Hi, Julie. Yes, I think I can tell you what happened there. When you're working in uh, any kind of ribbing, and and maybe your cuff is two by two ribbing, if you want the stripes to look clean and not muddy, as I call them, you have to um, you you have to knit around without ribbing between the different colors. So, mm. uh, and that, that's that's really the best way to explain it. Anytime you're changing colors in ribbing in stripes, you have to knit one round in. Um, the solid color. Now I'm trying to get my brain around whether it's the last 
of the previous color. It's the first of the sec of the new color. I'm sure it is. And with self-striping yarn, that's a little more difficult because it's not always going to happen at the beginning of the round. You know, the color change can happen anywhere in in the round. But it is the um, it's the stripes in the purl stitches of the ribbing that's making it look like dog vomit, and it's just kind of a part of knitting. I don't think it's really unattractive though. I wouldn't call it dog vomit. I would just call it self-striping yarns and ribbing. That's just the way it looks. I don't think it's mm -hmm. distracting. Does that bother you, Casey? Not really, no. No, I don't think so. Well, Julie wants things to be just right, and she can. She can knit around in the new color before she picks up the ribbing again. Um, uh, and that's really the only solution other than, other than if you have um, the kind of yarn like what I'm using now uh, that has a, a special hank for the heels and toes, you can use a little bit of that solid color to work the cuff in a solid color. It'll match your heels and toes and it will not have dog vomit stripes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, hi, Stacey and Casey. I love the ad-free podcast and all the lovely chatter too. It is so much fun listening to both of you. Aww. I hope you both had a wonderful 4th of July. <clears throat> did I say this was a Patreon question? Um, You just did. Okay. I have a question for the podcast. When I am doing the Kitchener stitch on the toe of my socks, I find the last stitch at the end is big like it is stretched. Do you know why this happens and how I can fix it? Usually I just catch it when I sew in my ends. Thanks for the awesome podcast, Faith in St. Catharines, Ontario, Canada. Hi, Faith. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And so you're working across, you're working cuff down socks, you work the kitchener stitch all the way across the toe to finish it up. And the last stitch is kind of goofy and big, and it's not stretched out. It just isn't being pulled on both sides, right? It's only being pulled from the right and not from the left because it's the last stitch. And it's just the nature of kind of how things are. And Faith, you are handling it exactly right. What you do is you take that end, you poke it to the inside of the sock. And when you do, suddenly that last stitch is being pulled from the right as well. And that will tighten it up. And then when you weave in the end on the inside, that's really all it needs. And then if you still see something that looks a little bit wonky, that's one of those tiny tension issues that evaporates, evaporates as soon as it hits water. As soon as you wash those socks, all those little tiny things like that disappear. And the socks, you know, there's something, this is a funny thing. I was, um, years ago on the Yarn Harlot blog, she posted something uh, about some ancient knitting that was found somewhere. I can't even remember where it was, but it, you know, was on the other side of the Atlantic from the US somewhere, <laughs> somewhere over there. And these ancient pieces of knitting, and all of the stitches looked so perfect, little tiny, tiny stitches that look so perfect. And she said, Yeah, there's, you know, nothing like 2000 years of, you know, being wet and dried that makes your knitting look perfect. And I thought about it, it's like, yeah, <laughs> while you're knitting it, things might look like a mess. But like the more time it spends like worn and washed and dried, and however you're caring for it, all of those stitches end up tight or um, uh, evening up, everything evens up until, you know, it looks like when, after a couple thousand years, it looks like a machine knitted almost because the stitches are so perfect. So yeah. yeah, kind of the same thing with the, the extra loose stitch on, on, uh, on your socks, your kitchen stitch. Yeah. 
Speaking of machine knitting, I need to tell you about my machine. Oh, that I do you want to do that now? <laughs> I want to hear about this because we were saying, yeah. I, I want to know, and we were going to talk about it before we started recording. We're like, nope, save it for the pod. Okay, yes, Wait, I do want to know. You bought a, tell us what I you bought, bought. I bought that. It's called Addy Turbo, I think. And it's king size. There's an, it's just a round machine. And for socks? And there's a smaller one. No, it's for like hats. It knits about, I think it's like 48 stitches. Um, worsted weight or I, I like the bulky weight better. It's kind of like a eight, maybe nine size gauge, like a needle. Um, so it's round and you just crank it and you can just crank out tubes of knitting and then you can make hats with it really easily or anything that's in a tube, but you can also knit flat with it, but you can only knit like stockinette. Right. Okay. I haven't had a lot of time to sit with it because I'm having a little challenge with the flat knitting because I keep dropping stitches, but um, I'm going to try it with a different yarn. Um, but I was just like, I'm just going to get this because I have so much yarn. I need to like just bust out a whole bunch of things. And well, I'm, what what is what are you making? <laughs> what is your goal for what you want to make with well, this? Well, what I want to make is like I feel like I could make your uh, what is it three triangles to three three rectangles two triangles yeah. sweater sweater. Yeah. I feel like I could make something like that where if it's like just blocks. I mean, you can you can decrease and increase and shape a little bit, but you could make very simple things out of blocked flat pieces of knitting, right? Right. Can you and, work um, any kind of, um, like that sweater is actually in a mock rib. Would you work mock rib mm -mm. or just stockinette? I mean, there's some people who've done videos that show you how to do ribbing, but it, to me, it seems more trouble. That's where it would just be flat. Like, you know, I don't love knitting flat stockinette for miles and miles yeah, and miles. This is good for you. It takes the pain out of the stockinette. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm having trouble knitting with bulky yarn since I had my elbow surgery. So I can now go. accomplish those two things. Well, what have you made um, so far? I've just made a couple hats. And like I said, I've still haven't, I was sitting with it last night, but I just didn't have enough time to like really focus on it and try to work because I just want to make like, you know, you can make like infinity scarves. You oh, can make, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anything that's in a tube. Um, super easy. So you make like a tube hat, you make it really long and then you cinch up the ends and then tuck it back into the, itself. And so it's like a double sided hat. Nice. Um, now here's a question. Um, can you work, you said you can work all the decreases and stuff, but it seems to me like maybe it'd be easier just to take, take the tube off of the mm -hmm. machine and put some DPNs in there mm -hmm. to do like careful crown shaping or something like yeah. mixing, like combining machine and hand knitting for one project. Yeah. That's what I'm planning on doing is like putting in a waste yarn and then putting maybe like a ribbing at the bottom. Right. Or any, you know, you can put pieces together and then you can like finish it off by hand. So this so, is just like saving you from the worst part of the project that you didn't want to do anyway. I know. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's limited to bigger yarns. Um, so now I'm like, ooh, I want one of those really expensive sock machines because they have them. Yeah. For, oh, I know. I've but been those are like $1,500. Yeah, they're expensive. Those. And I've been looking at them just because the 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 amount of samples that I have to put out for yeah. tutorials. And um, I thought, well, this could save some time for me. But yeah. uh, I looked at the price and then also the the ramping up to learn how to use it. That That's my next question yeah. is like, how hard was it to learn how to use it? It's not hard like to make a tube. You just have to get it on there right. And that took me 
maybe an hour to kind of practice on. And oh, that's now not that I bad. know what I'm doing, like the tube is easy. I'm having trouble. And like, like I said last night, I was working with a, I think it was a DK yarn. So it might be too loose and it might not be, my mach- the machine might not like that yarn until I get the hang of the flat. Cause you have to like go past a certain place and then come back to keep it. I kept dropping stitches on the edge. Oh, okay. so I'm going to try a different yarn next time I'm doing something flat and see if I can get that better. Cause I have a bunch of stuff that I want to knit that it's just like, you know, I have so much yarn and also leftovers, you know, I want to make right. like a scrap, a scrap scarf, stuff like that. Yeah. So, like an infinity, like a tube scrap scarf yeah. or something that now, um, are you able to change like the quote unquote needle size at all? No. Okay, so like each machine, that that's what's unique yeah. about each machine is that it is one, uh, I don't want to say gauge because mm-hmm. it'll be different with different yarn weights, but one needle sized. Yeah, and there's a of. smaller one. I got the king size, which I think is maybe it's 64. I can't remember the number of stitches, but the there's a smaller one that you could make socks, but it would be like worsted weight socks. Right. Um, that's. I think I was looking at that one because of the samples yeah. that I put out that would make sense for me. Yeah, and it's not, I mean, the machine I got was like a little over $200, and I just thought I would... Oh, that's not bad. See. That's way no. less than 1500 <laughs> Yeah. Like the really nice, the sock one that does sock weight yarn is a finer gauge. That one's the $1,500. Right. That's the one I think I was, I was looking at that one and also the one that I could use for worsted weight socks. Now, um, yeah. I haven't seen any pictures on Instagram of this stuff yet? Have you not taken any pictures I yet or I just really. miss them? Okay. I think this is my suggestion. I think you should do a blog post about them because you could share a lot about this experience. Um, mm-hmm. I I am totally hand knitter, right? I have never yeah. used any kind of like tube machine like that. And then there's also um, the machines that are like the size and shape of a table. Oh, yeah. Those are huge. The, uh, yeah, we've talked about those on the podcast before. I've never, <laughs> you're remembering the question too, aren't you? I've never. Yes, and uh, I would not recommend bringing this one to your knitting group either. <laughs> it's kind of noisy. Oh, that's one more question. One more question on yours. Is yours noisy? I mean, it's like cranky, cranky, crank, crank. It's not like I can't stand to be in the room with it, but it's not silent. Can you watch TV while you're? Um, yeah. I was watching TV this week, last weekend when I was using it. Yeah. Okay. Like if you were, this is, this is the, the question that I really want answered. If you were in the room with other people watching TV, oh. would, would they be like, come on, do you have to do that right now? Yeah. They would. <laughs> I mean, okay. I would. Some people don't care, but I would be like, come on. Like come sometimes on. I'm annoyed by my own knitting by hand. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you're just easily annoyed. Okay. <laughs> the sound of it. The um, sound, you're... Oh, back up. You're annoyed by the sound of hand knitting? You're the only person I've met my whole life who's annoyed by the sound of hand knitting. Because it's like, a, like if I'm using metal needles, they can yeah, be kind of... Or it's like pleasant. big, chunky... No. Like, no. <laughs> size no. Of like 11. <laughs> it's pleasant. Clickety-click. 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 You don't like that sound. So, like size 11, big, chunky, clunk, clunk, clunk. It annoys me. Okay, it's still click, 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 but we're arguing over something very specific. <laughs> okay, Casey, so, th- well, go ahead. I want you to finish. I was just going to say, the funny thing is, the men in my house are like poo-pooing my knitting machine. And I was like, I could make you a cardigan in like a day. And they're like, I don't want it. 
I don't want it unless you're knitting it by hand. What? When did they become such purists? <laughs> They're just snobs. Even my 13-year-old was like, whatever. That's cheating. What? <laughs> <laughs> Does they Do they realize that everything that they wear from bought from a store that's in yeah. a knit fabric was made by machine? That's okay. okay. It's not as special as knit by mom by hand. Well, so. actually, that is kind of nice and special, but well, let's just, <laughs> just don't even tell them. I know. I was like, I'll just magically give you this sweater and you'll love it. Look what I made for you in secret for months but and like, months. I mean, you could make a cardigan, pretty basic shape cardigan, drop sleeves, tubes, and or not tubes, just flat pieces that you seam together and then add like a button band. Yeah. I'm, that's my plan. It seems to me that like the combination of machine knitting through the massive stockinette parts and then hand knitting for careful shaping or seaming mm-hmm. or whatever, that seems like the best of all worlds if, yeah. if that, well, for me, I mean, I don't, I would use that for, um, for creating like my samples and stuff for my videos yeah. or like for you, like getting through a bunch of yarn that's in your stash that you want to use up and get. You know, because it would take mm-hmm. you twenty years to use otherwise. Th- yeah. Those are all great reasons. But I get so much satisfaction. I know you do too from sitting and knitting. Clickety yeah. click, clickety click, clickety. Annoying. <laughs> I had no idea you're so easily annoyed. Here we go. <laughs> okay, Casey. This we're we have an episode here. I think we should. <laughs> and um, I I I want to know more about the knitting machine for sure. Okay. We just we're all waiting to learn what you learn. I need to spend more time with it because I, I posted something in my stories and people were like, what is that? Tell me more. What happened yeah, to that picture? Everybody wants I was to like, know. I haven't really done enough to share worth. So I'm going to do okay. that. Okay, good, good. Because we're all um, at the edge of our seats. <laughs> okay, if people want to find you online, Casey. Um, my website is caseynits.com. That's the letter K and the letter C. Uh, but I'm more active on Instagram these days, which is casey.nits. Right. And I will put all of our links in the um, in the show notes. Uh, there was, of course, the Very Pink Nets YouTube channel and verypink.com. And we're both on Peloton. Um, yes. Bicycling across the U.S. from a room in our houses. <laughs> the bicycle to nowhere. <laughs> the bicycle to, to nowhere. I saw on Facebook, one of my friends calls it the bougie bike club. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. It's so fun, though. It's so fun. Okay, well, that is it for this week. So until next week, stay warm, my friends. <laughs>